Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin. How are you? Good morning, Dan. Good morning. I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing good. Pretty good. Pretty good. As, good. as good as could be um, hoped for. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Just that good. No more, no less. Wow. So you really, you feel like you kind of nailed it like a, like a bank shot. You really got it in. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be perfect. I'm trying to be the perfect person. I'm, I'm pretty much there, but <laughs> you know, wow. I've got a little work left. Just a couple, couple right? more okay. decades, just I'd a couple to more. I'd love to, well, I'd love to talk to you about that. Cause I, <laughs> I, I imagine as you increasingly approach perfection, I don't know if that's like a Zeno's paradox thing, or if you just take one decisive straight line, but in the run up to that, as you sense yourself getting 10 to 40% within the reach of perfection, is that frustrating? Is it exhilarating? How does it feel to get that close? I mean, it's a paltry task for a being such as myself, but you know, <laughs> getting, getting there, it's the journey. It's about the journey, you know, it's about the journey. It's Do you about have a sense of what time. held you back before. Well, I say that, I guess that's a leading question. What's your feeling on, <laughs> is there something that you, in retrospect, you look back on that, that, that previous, you know, a 10 to 40%. Right. Is that, do you have a sense of what, were you aware that you weren't yet perfect? Mm. Did you feel anything, you know, like a, like a back act, something on, on that's holding you, you know, down? You know, um, I'll tell how'd you. How you identify I that and then tackle it? I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm moving too fast to pay attention to things like that. Uh, oh these boy, days. really? So, yeah. Huh. So it's a full speed ahead and I, I can't things. be held back Break by things details. Things. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's if so you're one of those so people it sounds, who. <laughs> it's like velocity. Velocity is a part of what you're working with is that once you achieve some kind of an escape velocity from your imperfection, the next 10 to 40% is going to be a much uh, bigger, like a, like a, like a, like a leap or a, a long step. Merlin, there's no I in the word team. Do you stretch? <laughs> I mean, I'm already pretty limber. You pretty, you pretty limber. <laughs> Can you do this? You know, um, I want to just jump in. I want to get this uh, yes, out there. right away at the beginning, at the top of the show. Uh, and that is, I on Hulu, there's a movie called Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've seen it. I, I believe was, you recommended it last week. Well, it was, it was recommended to me. I watched it knowing nothing about it. And I watched it again yesterday. And it is so much better the second time you see it. And I know someone else who's seen it three or four times. And they say, it's just, you kind of hit peak viewing it about thir the third time. But Jesus it's, Christ, sorry. it is great. What is that? Is that a hawk? <laughs> It might be a portable meat grinder. There's not that 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 many movies that you can say that about. There's a lot of movies I can barely finish, and then there yes. are obviously ones at the other end, like you take a Big Lebowski or similar. Right. It's, uh, I I I I'm, I love that feeling of returning to something and getting more out of it or different things out of it the second time. The That's first feeling. The first like twenty minutes of this movie, fifteen twenty minutes. It, I, and this is what I love about it. Everything is revealed about the movie in the first 10 or 15 minutes if you just listen. But you can't hear it until you've seen it the first time. And then you go back and watch it again. You're like, oh, there it, it was right there. It was in front of me the whole time. Have you seen it yet? You haven't seen it yet. No, no, it's, it's, on, my, it's on my list. Oh, good. Uh, I, I love stuff like that. Uh, I do feel like, boy, I really see this in my dumb kid. 
where you know she's grown up watching TV and movies, and she's so yeah. good at figuring out a plot. It's it's very frustrating to me. Oh, I hate I people like that. <laughs> oh, she's the worst. Oh, the Terminator's good now. Oh, I don't know. Um, but. But um, um, uh, I wouldn't show her that. That's a very challenging movie. Now, yeah. But um, but sometimes with what you're describing, you know, Chekhov's gun type situation. Sometimes you go like, oh, you're. What's the phrase they use? Wait, wait, wait. Trucks? Chekhov's like, gun. Uh, yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy from Star Wars. <laughs> no, wait. What? You know, what about it? Are you doing a bit? I can't tell. No, I don't. I don't know what this is. I mean, I haven't heard it. Oh, by I, the... I can't quote it exactly. My Russian is rusty. But the playwright <laughs> Chekhov said, "If there's a gun on the wall um, at the beginning of Act One, it must be fired by the uh, end of Act Three. Oh, 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 okay. I've heard that. I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's just. I think it's shorthand for saying that when you're. Well, on the one hand, I guess when you're telling a story economically, there shouldn't be anything in it that doesn't need to be in there. Right. But if there is something in there. I think the phrase uh, that people use is hanging a lantern on it. You know, when, when you say, like, right. okay, well, here's this big clue in, you know, this, this first, first third of Act One. Here's this, here's this big thing, like, uh, oh, you know, um, you know, Bruce Willis never gets to, gets to drink his cup of uh, cappuccino or like, uh, or something about, you know, like, some some kind of an obscure thing someone's capable of that at the end is the thing that saves everybody. That saves kind of the whole thing. Yes, yes. I love when that works well, and it's a little bit frustrating sometimes because I, I see I don't know how to make a movie. I don't know how to make a TV show. I don't know how you. Okay, so I'll tell you who's great at this again. Sorry, uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright's so great at this. Like, there's so if you especially Hot Fuzz. There's so much setup in that mm. beginning when they're playing goody two shoes and reading over his record and showing that he's really good at riding a bike and he can do this and he can do that. And, you know, it's, it feels like a very kind of Max Fisher, you know, oh, too yeah. many yep. side activities. <laughs> but, um, but a lot of that stuff I still remember when very... you showed me the, 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 um, the photos that, uh, that like the little go-kart thing that he's in was, were based off of and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's, those are so that, cute. Yeah, that was so cool. Um, and but um, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, it's a long-winded way of saying I, I agree with you, and I, I will uh, I will uh, check that out. I love I love I love uh, love when somebody can pull that off. Um, you know, and the, the, the we've have we we've talked about the rules of uh, fair play mysteries on here, right? I feel like we must have. We must have, but uh, let's do it again. Uh, mm, okay. Um. Okay, I am going to use a racist term because that's a term that they used. Um, the fair play whodunit. <laughs> so, uh, common form of mystery, mystery writing, wherein the writer gives the reader all the clues necessary to solve the mystery before or at the same time as the fictional detective. Mm. The rules for the fair play mystery were first codified in 1928 when mystery writer Father Ronald Knox created <laughs> a Ten Commandments of Plot Devices, commonly referred to as... Uh, Knox's Decalogue, great word. Um, so here's a few of these. <laughs> Number five, no Chinaman must figure in the story. Now, yes, that's <laughs> offensive, but it's not racist, but here it's a reaction against the cliched yellow peril uh, villains that were ubiquitous in crime fiction at the time. Um, anyway, number one, a uh, criminal must be someone in the early part of the story, right? No switch em ups. Uh, all supernatural or preternatural agencies are ruled out as a matter of course. Not more than one secret room or passage is allowable. 
Um, <laughs> there's one somewhere in here. There's one about you're not allowed. No, no twins. Number rule number ten: twin brothers and doubles generally must not appear unless we have been duly prepared for them. <laughs> so there's a movie that I like a lot, and my horrible, horrible wife doesn't like, and I will never forgive her for it. Which which movie? But there's a very. It's a very good movie by Christopher Nolan that deploys that particular device in in an actually a very clever way. Uh, uh, prestige. Mm. Yeah, we both love that movie. We love that movie. Love that movie. Love that movie. But that's okay. So why am I saying this? Because, um, I don't know how you pull that off in a teleplay, like you know whether that's a movie or TV or whatever. I, I just it must be so difficult to decide like how long do you make sure that this thing is in frame and in focus. The, you know, this thing is not the MacGuffin. This is the thing that is the actual, a thing that's going to become so important later. I don't know how you successfully pull that off, but it's amazing when it works. But um, it can be so frustrating sometimes though. You know, it's like a bad riddle where you're like, I can't believe I even spent four seconds listening to you say that. It's not, it's not a riddle. It doesn't even make any sense. And in this case, like when you've spent all this time on something, I, I saw a review of, God, this is showing up in my iTunes suggestions now. That movie based on The Secret with Katie Holmes. Do you know about this? No. Mm-mm. There's a, there's a uh, it's called The Magic of the Secret or something like that. Okay. It's based on that book about manifesting. Right, right, right. right. Manifesting the things that, that, that you, where you, you think of the thing that you want or you write it down 15 times. Right. It's or like you... taking positive thinking to an impossibly stupid level. And, um, and uh, I read a review of that that was like, I, I didn't need to read very far. It basically said, this is like a pretty, you know, crackling and entertaining movie up to a point. We know that there's some kind of a big reveal that's coming at some point. And then I guess in the third act, when they do reveal the big secret, the big reveal, um, it, this movie becomes so crushingly bad, so <laughs> excruciatingly bad. And that's the worst. That's like, that's like ruins your evening. You've like oh, yeah. blown time on this, you know? <laughs> did you ever see the um the fox news movie bombshell did you ever see that movie yeah i just i saw that actually just about a month ago yeah we had a what uh, my kid was uh in the before times i think my kid was away at camp or similar she was somewhere and so we decided we're going to tuck in for a double header my nice. wife and i so we got some indian food and we watched bombshell <laughs> Uh-huh. And then we watched the first episode <clears throat> of the Roger Ailes thing with the guy from Les Mis. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? A lot, a lot of voice in the room. Ah, uh, okay. Do you know about that? The Ro- no. Russell Crowe as Roger Ailes? No, that's right. I did see, I did, what's the name of that movie? I'll add that to my list. That's when I've been It's the wearing. loudest voice in the room, I think it's called. But we, we I, my expectations for Bombshell were, I mean, I thought like the makeup looked, and the, you know, a lot of the decisions about how you made these people look, I thought looked from the trailers and stuff looked interesting, but I really, really enjoyed Bombshell. And I, I thought along the lines of like Mrs. America, I thought mm-hmm. it was such an interesting portrayal of women having to decide uh, the right balance of having power and not showing power and mm-hmm. like being feminine, but also being assertive and like the impossible right. task that we act, ask of women. And I thought, you know, um, I mean, perhaps as with the the Phyllis Schlafly character that Kate Blanchett plays, I think Megan Fox gets a, you know, a very, 
Well, she got treated really badly, but right. her performance is so good. Nicole Kidman's so good. I really enjoyed that movie for a somewhat, you know, not common, but typical reason, which is I had no idea how good this was going to be. I really, I thought this was, it's not the deepest movie I've ever seen, but I thought it did, it passes that Ebert bar quite easily. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it, it accomplished what it was trying to do. So we take a break, we take a leak, we come back, get a fresh drink, sit down, turn on loudest voice in the room, woof. I don't know, man. <laughs> I've heard that book is extremely good. But like that, to me, maybe wrong night, it really suffered from that walk hard feeling, that like biopic sort of feeling. Oh, really? So you're saying maybe I don't well, you need know, to like, see like, it. I've argued with my friend Alex Cox about that Steve Jobs movie with uh, Fassbender and, um, and uh, the lady from Titanic. I right. think that movie is a homemade turd. I think it's extremely bad. I think it's really poor storytelling. And there's so much, again, another great TV trip. There's so much, as you know, Bob, in it. And it's mm. like, ugh. Well, as you know, Bob, the, 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 the warp factor generators have to be, you know, <laughs> have to be recharged every seven minutes. Well, he's, Bob's the captain of the ship. Of course he knows that. Why would you say that? Steve, as you know, we've already printed all of these out. <laughs> right. It's that kind of exposition or like when they're starting yes. out a movie. And, and, yes. and this was a problem that I had with, um, with a, a TV show that, I won't, I won't say I grew to love it, but I would say it, it grew on to me like a parasite was the, uh, the Netflix show, um, Umbrella Academy, which we've talked about. I talked about the, uh, Mm -hmm. the chimp and how I have problems. Usually not a, not a, not a monkey man. No, but as Mm -hmm. in, but this movie, I, I mean, TV show, I started to like it, but in the first episode, it's like everyone walks in. Hello, sister. Um, how are you doing? Oh, hello, brother. I'm doing all right. Are you still attending nursing school after three years of trying and failing? You know, like this kind of like discussion that is so real life. Like, hello, Merlin. Are you you know, nursing school has been very difficult for me because of my lupus and eye patch. Right. As you know, I received the eye patch when I was getting lupus treatment. Right. Do you remember that uh, time yeah, of my life? Yes, I do. I was currently yeah. racing motorcycles at that time. Do you remember the motorcycle that I owned? Here's a picture yeah, of it. It's like, yeah. no, just yeah. be, be okay. That's, Let's all that, be that okay. Is, that is it's so difficult. And like once again, straight back to the like, I don't know how to make stuff like this, but I, I would have to imagine, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't want to name names, but like there are a lot of people who aren't particularly good storytellers, but can like, you know, managed to put together a film. It's not like an Ed Wood kind of thing where you're like, oh God, those are obviously wobbly <laughs> pie pans, stuff like right. that. But, but I, I, I don't know how you successfully pull that off. But you know, one thing I do love, oh, I mean, so again, further to that though, I bet part of that is like, you're running out of budget, you're running out of time, you're running out of, you know, the amount of access that you have to a given member of your cast or whatever it is. I just, I can't imagine how challenging shooting out of sequence, all that stuff would just be mind bending to me. I think about that shooting out of sequence stuff all the time. I'm like, you know, every single, every single scene in a movie now. All the polaroids you take of exactly where the blood was on the shirt, all (laughs) that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, But I'll tell you what I do love. And so I guess that is particularly true of relationship based movies or something where you've got to like get a lot of um, exposition out quickly but, you know, so I think it, well, I hear a movie that does that great, When Harry Met Sally. I mean, there's a reason it's the OG. There's a reason that movie is such a classic is because, you know, most of what you need to know is on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, you realize it before they realize it. The, the stuff like, you know, only by like the second time Meg Ryan orders food with something on the side, you already get where that bit is going. 
Um, right. So that again, I would give full marks to that. But uh, again, maybe something we talked about. I love when you can pull off exposition and world building without when you can do it visually especially Mm -hmm. so now a classic example from the late lamented one of the all-time great youtube channels every frame of painting um we i will put this in notes um he does a wonderful episode on how edgar wright does comedy and how how in his opinion the maker of this video other people could be doing comedy better by doing the kinds of things and here's you know x examples of this five examples of this but like uh, you know now i think the um example that comes straight to mind here is children of men Oh like, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he he goes to get the coffee, he, there's the crowd watching TV. Uh there's the thing that happens on TV. He goes outside, you start seeing all of these signs. There's you know, there's a lot you can start putting together pretty quickly about what this near future world looks like. And it's a lot of it is accomplished through like what you just see in the background or midground, like all these people in cages, all this particular kind of graffiti, this kind of attack, et cetera, et cetera. There's just or the way that everybody's watching Oh God, was his name Diego? Baby Diego. Everybody's watching the coverage of Baby Diego's death back at the office. Mm-hmm. And that's so much of that is done visually. It, it's not, it doesn't need to like, you don't need to have a crawl. You don't need to have a voiceover. You know, so, so famously Harrison Ford did the terrible voiceover for the theatrical <laughs> cut of Blade Runner. Yeah. Because I, I want to say probably the studio, I don't I don't think it was Ridley Scott. They were like, this, this story's too gosh dang confusing and he really i know you know this but like he really did not want to do that voiceover and you can hear it in his voice because you know that's it's it's so lame unless that's going to be you take it to the next level and you do a ferris bueller like that's really that's a great use of that and when that movie ends uh spoilers credits are over and he walks out into the hallway and says uh you're still here the movie's over like that was incredibly fresh. It really was. It re- the idea that he was breaking that wall, talking to us, looking at us. Mm-hmm. It was so present and self-aware and funny and fr- like you said, fresh. Um, I haven't seen something like that in a long time. Did you? Um, did I ever persuade you to watch um, Fleabag? You have encouraged me to do it, and is high on high on my list of shows okay. I would like. To That's watch. that is that is I would say a. It's obviously a very different kind of thing, but boy, that's a show that really works on a, on a few different levels. It is until you get sort of into the first season that you sort of get what's happening, and it mm-hmm. not really it's, it's a little further on where you go like, oh, now I get get what's happening, and it's not just this you know rambunctious sex lady. There's something very um, very very sad at the heart of this. But um, that's a good one. You know what? I will go. I will find this link for every frame of painting, and perhaps you could tell me about something that you like. I would love to tell you about Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, 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 Mobile. Uh, Mint Mobile. It's a listen. If you're one of these people out there yeah. and you're still using one of these like big wireless providers this year, it might be time to ask yourself what exactly are you paying for. You've got expensive retail stores, you've got inflated prices, you've got hidden fees, and in a lot of situations, you're kind of being taken advantage of because they know that you're going to pay it. You just pay it. Well, I don't know what these fees are. I don't know what these charges mean. Here's yeah, my you check. Want a phone? You got it. You want a phone? You got to buy this. You got to buy it. No, I don't need that. Oh, that's well, why it's a phone. You got to pay for that. Mint Mobile is is here to make it not that way. Uh, Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage that you're used to, but for much less money at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. They don't have 
retail locations so they don't have that kind of overhead. And then they save a lot of money and they pass that on to us, the customers. And uh, so you can, you can actually cut your mobile bill down to like 15 bucks a month, 15. And every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. Uh, But with Mint Mobile, you're not going to pay for like an unlimited data plan that you'll never use. You choose between plans that have three or eight or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. So you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. You can keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Everything stays the same. You just pay less. You pay as little as 15 bucks, which is pretty cool. And uh, and you can do all of that by going to Mint Mobile, M-I-N-T, mintmobile.com slash back to work and uh, cut your bill down to like 15 bucks. It's pretty cool. Uh, the, the plan gets shipped to your door for free. So go check them out. Mintmobile.com slash back to work. <laughs> Can I say mobile or is it mobile? Um, you mean like Alabama? Yeah. I think it's pronounced Eufala. Eufala, right, Because it's spelled, you've got mobile, mobile, and mobile are all the same. It's one word. What's the one you hang over a kid's crib? That's a, a mo- plant? That's a mobile. Go, uh, mobile. 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 I can, I can no longer remember how I'm supposed to say this word. mobile i remember back in the old days of uh well thanks very much to mint mobile for making this show possible did you tell them where to go yeah they go to mintmobile.com slash back to work okay that'll work yeah go ahead what do you remember remember something now i forgot back in the day back you remember back in the day it's gone uh, pronunciation you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just gone. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I know. It's you. You could say that I. It was for a while the loudest voice in my head, and then it went away. That's a real bombshell. As you know, Bob. <laughs> I am Paul McCartney. <laughs> this is my base. Um, I can't do all recommendations. I'm saving recommend- <laughs> recommendations for our next blockbuster uh, recommendations episode, right. which, which will be coming out uh, next week. Right. Also, we will be recorded next. <laughs> yes, next week is when we will record that episode. That episode is yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if I have any follow up on uh, our previous topics. Um. How's your day to day there? Like as a person living in Austin, if mm. I could ask, if you can say, if you're in a position to say, <laughs> um, in your day to day there as a person living in Austin, I mean, do you feel, well, for first of all, uh, is it still, it's still pretty bad in your County, right? Yeah. Um, let me see. I was actually looking at that this morning. There are as of today, and I don't know where Google is pulling this information, but if I just look at their main thing there in Travis. I'm in what's called Travis County. Mm -hmm. Um, 21,549 confirmed 285 deaths. Uh, So, I mean, but it's also like, it's a really big County and there's lots and lots of people here. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you you have to put that into perspective, but no, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I know I've said this before, but I continue. There's there's a lot that goes on in my head. Ooh. And um, I have a, I have a little story to tell after you're done with that. I'm just going to make a oh, note I, to I tell you. I would love you. to hear that. I mean, the, something that has been um, needling me for weeks that's now becoming a full on uh, super needle is uh, the data. Um, mm-hmm. The data that gets reported. I 
there was a there was a Washington Post story. I want to say yesterday, Monday, uh, in the last couple of days. There's a Washington Post story that included this sort of like several paragraphs down, just mentions in passing that the Washington Post uh, had obtained uh, something that had been prepared for the White House by FEMA that suggests that the previous week four. 450,000 new cases had happened in the United States. Oh my God. Which, you know, <laughs> it's a lot higher than what's being mentioned. You know, there's all kinds of ways that the, the books are getting cooked right now because everybody wants to reopen. Got to get those schools open. We got to push our kids into the snowpiercer hole. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I mean, of course, there's, there's always that. But it's also that I felt like, uh, uh, and again, I apologize for repeating myself, but from the beginning, I really felt like, unlike previous epidemics, pandemics, you know, big, big diseases, uh, this one is, I think, almost uniquely not visible. And not in the invisible Chinese, you know, plague way that the president likes to put it. But in the sense that, like, there are very few of what you might call walking wounded. You know, like, when, <clears throat> when you would come to San Francisco in the 80s and 90s, like, it was really obvious there were a lot of extremely, gravely ill people who had uh, AIDS. Or like, you know, if you came up in the 40s and 50s, you couldn't help but see, you know, kids that had polio. And even as, like, for example, my mother-in-law used to tell the story, I believe it was, yeah, I believe it was in the 50s, must have been, about how, like, there was all the concern, you know, that polio was this airborne thing, and so you'd keep people in the house all day. And oh, But right. even still, like, you'd know the neighbor kid with braces have polio or the person in the iron lung. Um, you know, you, you knew people like that. Uh, and I, I there's, when I ask you, how things are there, what it looks like. It's partly that be, given that we so rarely see a sick person, um, not even just a symptomatic person, but a person who's very, very ill and struggling to breathe and eventually, you know, passing in some cases. Yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. I think I, I wonder if that's one reason that people find it so easy to dismiss this as being some kind of uh, whipped up frenzy to harm the president's, you know, electoral chances. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, that's just, that's all, that's also, it's so weird to me. I, there's this joke bit reference I've been wanting to make now for three years, but <laughs> I, I can't quite land it. Um, one of my least favorite Marvel movies, I have to say, is Iron Man 3. But mm -hmm. do you remember like Extremist Virus as portrayed in the movie? Yes, I do. I mean, it's, it, Extremist has been like several different things in different, comics and universes but right movie, sometimes it's really, it's, it's like a, a skin that is inside of tony stark that comes out and becomes his armor yeah but well extremist though is this thing that's i i'm sure it's it must come probably from the same lineage as the super soldier serum but it's this thing that you give people to turn them into like ruthless super strong rage filled killing machines Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, isn't that kind of the bit your eyes get all weird and then you get super strength and there's just something about some of the hogs and chuds that makes me feel like there's some version, some mutant strain mm. of extremist virus going through this country. And it's not just, a, oh, whatever you say, Mr. Trump, sir. It's just like the, the abandonment of one's most basic sensibilities. <laughs> and, you know, setting aside even like what's the matter with Kansas stuff, there's just... Just that you would you would spend all of your life, you know, 
posting through it about the importance of human life and then be like, well, you know, yeah, but we got to put babies into the grinder so we can, you know, get chilies open again. Right. And it's like, what's wrong? <laughs> what, in the hell? what in the hell is wrong with you? Even if you take the rosiest possible outlook of what is happening right now, how do you, it just makes no sense. Yesterday, Gwinnett County, the largest school district in uh, Georgia, announced that 260 people, teachers, um, staff, uh, 260 people in the Gwinnett County school system either ha- have COVID or are being quarantined. I couldn't get the exact number, but anyway, hey, time for schools to reopen. That's okay. It takes down 260 people in the school district. It'll be fine. Oh, those guys are Marlins. What do they know? They're from Miami. No mm-hmm. wonder they got sick. They probably had pre-existing conditions and sinned. Chimney. <laughs> We're going to talk about something happy on here. <laughs> well, you know, speaking oh, of- Oh, yeah, you had an anecdote. You there. Well, yeah, speaking of COVID, uh, a friend of mine recently, uh, very recently, had to travel and couldn't, there was no, she had no choice in the matter. She had, she had to do this and it involved flying. Uh-huh. And yeah. she was not- happy about it, but had no, no choice, but to do it. So what she did and, and she wore when she went to the airport and she had, you know, her, her, uh, mask, which had like two layers and a filter inside of it. And she ordered off Amazon, one of these, um, shields, you know, the face shields that are plastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she wore that as well. Um, apparently there's some debate and discussion about how well those things protect others, but apparently they, they actually work relatively well to protect yourself. I but think they're in concert with a mask because it's, they're doing different things. They're doing different things. Um, the one yeah. that she got, I actually asked her for the link to it. It's uh, two pieces, men, women, safety face shields with protective clear film, reusable plastics, elastic band and comfort sponge eye protection. Okay. okay. Uh, so okay. I'll, I mean, in case you want to, I'll put it in the mm-hmm. show notes. Oh, in case I do. Yes. Um, but, uh, it, uh, so she got this ridiculous looking face shield and a mask and she wore it. And she, when she was on the plane, she had the air vent maxed out, pointed right at her face. That's blowing things away. <laughs> and, uh, <That's> so gross. <laughs> and, and so she did that. And then she went so moldy. <laughs> now the place that she went to, um, they were all very, very safe and all practicing, you know, like masks and stuff. So she wasn't worried about when she was there. She was worried about the travel, but she was there for like a week and came back and just got the results back from her. She got tested uh, right away with the deep, the deep nose test, which apparently is oh, like no. the oh, only I've one. Oh no, that's very unpleasant. She said it felt, she could feel it under her eye. That's how she described it. But they basically put this thing way in, way in. And then it has I've to, heard it, I've heard people say it feels like, you know, it's one of those things where like, you didn't realize you had holes in your body that went that deep <laughs> and it feels like it's scratching your brain. Yeah. Like, I don't and, think that's supposed to go in there, dude. <laughs> and, and it's not uh, your birthday. What she said is that the doc where she went to do it, they said that they put it in there and, and, and it's supposed to stay in there for at least Ooh. 20 seconds. She Ooh. says a lot of people just put it in and pull it out or they'll put it in both nostrils. She's like, that's not how you do it. It goes all the way in the back, stays back there for 20 seconds. And then, so she got her results back and she's negative. She doesn't, doesn't have it. So like, it's possible if we, as a society, we're all doing the right thing. I, I think we could really make a big dent in this. And it's like the right thing isn't that hard to do. Anyway, that's, well, she's, she is proof. She is proof that it can be done 
and 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 can be done safely. Yes, yes. I Dan, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I I I concatenate. I confuse my different podcasts. Did we? Did we? I know I talked about this with Alex last Wednesday, but did you and I talk about that episode of You Are Not So Smart? Remind me. Oh, um, I'll say it again. Say it never again. Know. Say Whatever's it for me. The show is in the show. Yeah. I'll say it for you. Oh, I'll, I'm going to draw you like one of my French girls. Uh-huh. Um, the um, podcast I like, You're Not So Smart, long story short, um, there's a really good episode uh, that came out last week uh, um, about the mask controversy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'll say I did not walk away with it with a fundamentally different idea. I still think the people who don't wear, wear a mask are inexcusable monsters. But it did help me understand more of why they are monsters. Mm. And uh, I'll put it in show notes, but it's just a, it's a really good uh, episode about essentially what he calls tribal psychology, which is the, when we talk about things, I don't know, do you know that reference I'm saying, what, you know, something like, what's the matter with Kansas? Yeah. This is one of, the, one of the original turns out books about why people don't vote in their self-interest. So I think it's a very similar idea here, which is that, you know, it's more important for you to show loyalty to the tribe than it is sometimes to do the thing that that might interest you. And certainly then once you're bought into whatever your tribe believes and we all it's not a question of if, it's a question of which, which mm-hmm. tribal beliefs do mm-hmm. we all each have because we all have them. But it was uh, you know, like I say I, I didn't walk away feeling like oh gosh, now I really have this hillbilly elegy appreciation for for people who are in a death cult. But it was a way of saying like oh I see, you know, if you're if you need to perform a certain kind of behavior, the example I used with Alex was like, imagine there's certainly at least one gay kid in Alabama who's very scared and asthmatic. And there's so many things about his life he doesn't want anybody to know about because it makes him vulnerable and it makes him an outsider. And, you know, he might be one of the little kids you see at a Trump rally with some kind of a hateful sign and a red red hat. His absentee father left him, mm-hmm. you know, but he needs to, I'm not excusing this by any means. I'm just trying to understand it. And sometimes we all have to perform certain kinds of things or feel the need to perform to fit in. Look no further than really being a child, but especially, let's say, middle school. We're like, I didn't love, I mean, I enjoyed, when I was a little, when I was a kid, I know this is going to be shocking to people, but I was, when I was a kid, I was really into sports. I liked watching baseball. I liked playing baseball. Mm. Baseball was mostly my game. I followed other ones, but I really genuinely, I was enthused about baseball. Um, I didn't know it as well as the primetime lineup, but I did pretty much know roughly, I knew what position every Cincinnati Red played and roughly what their batting average was, et cetera. But like the, the increasing need as I got just a little bit older, the demand I felt, the, the demand from people around me to perform masculinity especially in this case with regard to sports, killed it for me. It was just not fun anymore. It's just this mandatory fun thing where like, you know, you know, <laughs> who doesn't wear the ribbon? You know, <laughs> you, you get rejected from the community if you're not showing enough pep. Uh, you know, again, I, I realize this is a very Holden Caulfield thing to say, but if you are somebody who has at times found themselves to be an outsider, I don't know how you end up not sounding like Holden <clears throat> Caulfield. Yeah. Because otherwise, to me, you're either a Caulfield or you're a bully. That's, that's mostly the options. Mm-hmm. Or you're someone who's into black and white thinking. But, you know, it's, it sucks. And that's, anyway, I'll put that in show notes. I, it was useful to me in helping me understand a little bit more how 
there are there are people in every group and every tribe and every community who are going along to get along, you know? Yeah, for sure. <sighs> face shield. Face shield. Yeah, but you can still go to a bar. You can still go to an outside bar here. Oh, I go, we're getting real close. We're getting real close. We're going to need to really get serious about this at some point. That's, I mean, you know, I, I was wondering if we had any follow-up this week on the, you know, what happens next after what happens next in the future. And I don't have any more insight than I did last week, but there certainly have been some, a few interesting developments in the COVID world, but also there's been some very good writing about it. You know what? I'll recommend, I'll recommend two things um, here. One is, did you see the cover story in the Atlantic yesterday? I did not. Um, I will put this in notes. Uh, it is called uh, How the Pandemic Defeated America. Um, and along the lines of that, in these Times article that I was passing around to people, it, it, it really puts a finger on like many fingers on many problems. Like mm-hmm. all, this is once again, one of these things where like it wasn't one thing that went wrong. It's the president certainly did not help with any aspect of this. He actively harmed with every aspect of all of this. But this is a big multiple system failure that we're looking at right here. And each one of those failures and errors really compounds and amplifies all the other one. Um, the other one, I kind of can't believe I'm saying this because I don't like, super like this person a lot. But did you watch Jonathan Swan's interview with the president? Oh, um, that was the, H- the HBO one? Or is I it think not? it's on, yeah, Axios on the, I, I, uh, on the I haven't seen it yet, but I've, I've heard a lot of memes already have come out of it. You can't do that and other things like that, right? It's really something. Yeah, I'll, um, have, to, I'll have to watch it's, it. You know, just, it's, I, I, one thing that a lot of people say is, hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand that it's very difficult. Okay, even I'm, the put, most I'm putting seasoned, it in the show notes. I just found good, it, good. so I'll put it in there. Even the most seasoned journalist is going to have a hard time like pressing the president on something that the president does not want to be pressed on. It's very easy to watch that from a distance and say, Hey, how about this follow-up question? I get that that's hard to do. I am as somebody who is utterly averse to any kind of conflict. I can't imagine even having to, to, to do that. But now in the last few weeks, we had that Chris Wallace interview, which was pretty wild on Fox. <clears throat> and now the uh, Jonathan Axios interview is just Bananas. It's yeah, it's very memey, but I watched it all the way through twice last night. It's very, very good. And I think the guy retweets himself a little over much, <laughs> but you don't really, dude, we don't need like 14 immediate tweets and then retweets of people who retweeted your tweet. Like just pump the brakes, Axios. But it's really, really good. And you know, it did it, it's it's when when you see the president, the president gets by so much on bluster and bullying um, that it's it's easy to forget that at the heart of it is a not particularly bright fella who does not have the reasoning capability to do anything beyond punch at people. And you know if he's it's like I say never 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 fight with a frat boy because you know. <laughs> They're 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 better than you, and they're really into it. And that's him. He's he's like just a big dumb frat guy in some ways, except not even as bright as a frat guy. And it really comes through in this, where like when you press him just even the littlest bit, and he starts doing his little accordion hands and all that stuff. And he cl- he's clearly like being 
He's very confused about which one of his six to 12 file cards to produce at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. China closed China early. They're going to take your guns. Uh, mom, uh, housewives in the suburbs. You know, uh, AOC is the puppet master for Joe Biden. Any of that kind of stuff. But anyway, I thought it was, I thought it was real good. I would recommend it. Added to our notes. What else we got today? Hmm. Oh, big, big explosion at a fireworks factory in Beirut. Look at that. Yeah, Ooh, I saw that. It's huge. This, it looks, looks like terrible. A, yeah, it looks, I mean, it, it expand. it goes from like, like nothing to this huge explosion in like a split second. And that's what's, I think, so shocking about the video I haven't is seen the video of it yet. Oh, I've you've got seen, to look at the video. Well, no, it, I just, I just, when I was going to look at, um, some note stuff. Uh, Twitter is up and I see all these. Oh my God. <gasps> oh Lordy. That's bad. I'm closing that. Um, anything else? Not a monkey man. Okay. I think that's about it. Uh, let's button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. I love you too, Merlin, man.